0: Welcome back to the late I'm Amity. I am Lemmy. This week we're we're going to get red-pilled. But like in the original meaning with 1990s The Matrix. Before we get started, how was your week? Um my week was
1: actually it, it was it was okay. How was yours?
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you had a rough week. Yes. Um it was good. I'm sure it was good. We're the it's, we're three weeks into the past, so, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> hopefully it was fantastic. Um, also, if I said 1990s Matrix, I meant 1999's Matrix. Okay. Uh, it's 1999. All right. Yeah, this is going to be a long one, you guys, because uh, there's a lot to talk about. So, let's talk about The Matrix. Matrix is the second film by the Wachowski siblings. Right who we will be referring to as the Wachowski siblings. Okay. They're still referred to as the Wachowski brothers in the trailer, or in the credits to the movie that we watched yesterday, which is on HBO. And I feel like this shit's digital. You could fix this. So HBO, how about you get on that? <laughs> Maybe they've chosen not to do that. I don't know. But this is the second uh, feature that they did. Important that it's the second... They made Bound before this, basically as proof that they could make a movie. Because they wanted a lot of money to make a very sci-fi, very cerebral, very high-concept film. And everybody was like, who are you, though? (laughs) So they made Bound, which I've never seen, Mm -hmm. but I understand is good. Um, And then they were allowed to make this movie.
1: Bound was... And I think originally the impetus behind directing was the fact that they wrote a script. I think it was for Assassins. Yes,
0: I believe that's correct.
1: And, um, and apparently the director rewrote, had the entire script rewritten. Damn. Which is a a very kind of common thing to happen in, in Hollywood.
0: Yes. Yeah, your script um, gets purchased and if you they don't take you with it, right. the movie that you see based on that script... may have very little to do with what you put on the paper. And I understand how
1: that works because there are instances like being on a film set where they were like, we're behind schedule. Can we get rid of the scene and have it still make sense? Things like that happen. Yeah. But there's also a lot of times when a director wants to make their own personal stamp on it, as they did in the case with Assassins. Right. Okay. And so it just kind of crushed them and thought, okay, if we're going to go forward with this, we have to direct our own material. Gotcha. And they do have... I'm not sure how the division of labor falls between them.
0: I don't either. And but, I think it depends on the project.
1: Right. They have a really strong visual sense. Yes. And if you'll pardon the expression, uh, both bound in this film fall into a neo-noir category. Sure. Um,
0: yeah. So it's it's interesting to me that this film got made, for one Yeah, thing. this one also has, like, cyberpunk elements, and mm-hmm. and it draws from a lot of places, which right. we will discuss. Yeah. Um, this movie came out in 1991, ma- or 1999. Okay. I don't know why I can't. 1999. Like I did the take right. some drugs before we got started, but they shouldn't be hitting me yet. Uh, uh, it came out in 1999, and it was a massive success. Right. Uh... Three sequels later, they could have stopped at this one. I think that
1: yes, I think that one of the issues that I had with this film, or even watching it again, mm-hmm. is the fact that the sequel has kind of ruined
0: what was set up in the first. I film. I don't I I haven't rewatched uh-huh. the two in the middle uh, since the first time I saw them. So I would be willing to do that again. The problem is. They're very long, and what I remember my critique of the second one in particular was: this again. It's really accurate. Every scene in that movie is literally four minutes too long. Absolutely. Like every single scene: right. is it a discussion scene? Four minutes too long. Is it an action scene? Four minutes too long. You can sit there and go, "This should be the end of the scene," and hit a timer, and it'll be four more yeah. minutes. Like it's bananas.
1: I think the first film succeeded on this kind of martial arts action movie, live action anime was another sure. element they drew on. The cyberpunk material and this sort of deliberately obscurantist rant where people are just sort of saying things that are meant to be complicated so you have to sort of th- sit, we'll and sit and think, and about, think
0: it. about it. Yeah. And uh, so, as we were watching it right. I was like, there are some things in here that do not add up. Right. There are some things in here that do not add up if you've seen any of the other ones, which you talk about. Um, I I don't remember liking the third one particularly well at all. I did like the most recent one. But once again, I don't feel like any of them were necessary. I feel like the end image of this one is so good. Just leave it alone.
1: What I felt was (laughs) that the sequel's leaned very heavily into what made the first film popular. The action. And they overdid it. The yeah. action scenes go on for quite a long time. Yes. Although it's to the credit of Kenny Reeves and the, and the crew. And that includes Chad Selesky, who later on becomes his director in the uh, John Wick films. Oh, right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, he... Uh, I was unaware of how injured... Um Keanu Reeves was while he was shooting these
0: scenes. I did not know that either. Was, it doesn't surprise me. Right. Um, like you hear, like where Brendan Fraser went was right. largely due to the fact that his body was destroyed on the Money Mummy movies. Right. Um, and then, of course, he was well, essayed, in this case, he yeah, had but... two
1: herniated discs. Yeah. Nope. And he was still trying to. This is the reason. Um, at least in one review I read, he's not Wu Ping, who's the cor- the action choreographer, who's a guy who actually worked on Fist of Legend. Right. The Jet Li film um, was hired to direct them all, and he he like almost sent them to like a martial arts boot camp for a couple of months to do this. And he at first was like worried about the amount of action they're going to pull, and then of course he did what he does, which is he starts choreographing to the people's abilities.
0: That is. Lawrence Fishburne fantastic. is a big,
1: strong guy. So he and fights like a big. He's really flexible because he's
0: kicking at head yeah, level. He is, yeah.
1: And uh, Carrie Ann Moss is just really agile and small. And small. <laughs> and so that happened with him and just working around Cannon Reeves' injury and still making it look like he knew what he was and, doing. And I mean, he
0: also has previous right. body injuries. He's yeah. got a big scar in the middle of his body because mm-hmm. he ran into a m- mo- mountain on his motorcycle. <laughs> 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 like Many of that's, us have that big scar on the yes, of our yes. So you know, but when I read that, it's like other... oh,
1: okay, I kind
0: of get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyhow, so so this movie is uh-huh. Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. This movie is the life of Christ. Yes. This movie is based on a friend of yours's book well it was there's an
1: entire scene that apparently got lifted from a book called Arachne by an author named Lisa Mason who um, was writing the cyberpunk field ah uh. she so she does this story Arachne and and um, what Tom Robinson her husband who was a friend of mine more than Lisa was really I, I met her in passing but um, Tom talked about how they were she got a call from other Change of Hobbit when that was around oh uh huh and how they said, well, there was a couple of producers who were producing a new film and they've come in to buy all the books on Cyberpunk because they're trying to get familiar with the, the genre. Or...
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And uh, there's a scene from Arachne that wound up, he says, almost intact in this film. And I read about how they referenced a bunch of different sources, including just getting everyone who's on the production side of the film to watch uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Because they wanted, and the emphasis to the producers and people was like, we want to do this in live action. So they're aware of how much they're drawing from other sources. And yes. how much they're.
0: And it's, but it, some attribution would be good. It would, be really, nice. <laughs> would yeah. be really good. Matrix, I will say this, mm-hmm. looks fantastic right. in 2022. If you're a fan of any kind of sci-fi or cyberpunk media, you'll know that whenever the internet or anything like the internet is put on film, Mm -hmm. it looks goddamn ridiculous. See hackers. See the net. Like (laughs) Whenever there's hacking, it looks so dumb. This Still doesn't look like what things look like, but they used a, such a stripped down basis for what their code looks like. Right. Uh, and they kind of kept it pretty accurate to what actual, like, you know, coding, platforms often did look like and kind of still do often Mm. it's just a black screen with green text in it a lot of times that is so the fact that it's raining like it comes it it Mm. falls instead of goes across is there is the big change but other than that it is recognizable um in reality. Yeah. So that really I think helps. Um also they don't use a lot of CGI. I mean, they use a lot of CGI because the bullet time stuff is all CGI and stuff, but like this was the early days, fairly early days for CGI. Yes. They're still was... doing real stuff mm-hmm. being bolstered by CGI. Right. Which is when it works the best, I think. Yeah. yeah. Especially at a distance, like at a, at a time distance. Yeah you don't go, oh, hey, that part was entirely a cartoon because it wasn't, because it was tweaks and photoshops and, you know, that kind of stuff on actual footage.
1: have a couple of genuine revolutions in technology. Yes. The bullet time effect, which is amazing because it is both it's both ultra-modern and retro because when you look at the arrangement, it's a series of still cameras providing a succession of images right. that'll give you a three hundred and sixty yeah, degree it, view. It's
0: basically like a fucking it's Nickelodeon. Like a oh yeah.
1: It's like watching one of Boy Bridge's pictures, only the camera's moving too. Oh the camera's moving too. And yeah, so it's like,
0: yeah, that's kinda of, And it looks that's kind of great. Amazing, yeah. Like on screen, it mm-hmm. looks great. On our television, it looks spectacular. Right. Um, so let's start with this movie. And then or okay. do you do you have more you'd no, like no, to no, say no. about the overall we get, overall? We should get to the movie. Alright. So, we start with The Matrix rain And a voiceover. And that voiceover is Trinity. Played by Carrie Ann Moss. Hey, everybody. She's half. <laughs> because The Matrix will teach us in four. I think you could go one four and be fine. Yeah. Uh... It's not that Neo is the one. It's that Neo and Trinity together are what win, what beat everything. Mm-hmm. You, you, one of them can't do it without the other one. Well, she would never have tried. <laughs> so I didn't even realize that her name was also biblical. Like oh, the Trinity. I, yeah, I know. I yes. didn't until just right now. I mean, of course it is. I know that that <laughs> yeah. word is, but I didn't. That wasn't one of the. Clicks Mm. that I made. So she's in an abandoned hotel and a bunch of people come to try and get her and uh, they are unsuccessful. The last person who tries to come and get her is uh, Hugo Weaving, who later we learn is Agent Smith. I love his voice and cadence in this. I don't know if it was just the natural byproduct of him doing an American accent, but it's very good.
1: <laughs> There's something um, about how really controlled his performances. Yes. Until, all the way up until it isn't. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> it's almost, it, this was the first time I saw him. And yes. so in other films afterwards, I, I, that's the same guy. Yeah. Because, the, you Especially know. Especially the Lord of the Rings movies. Well, oh, you want a real radical transformation for him? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, right, yes, of course. (laughs) He's a drag queen. Absolutely. And that film is problematic for a a number of reasons.
0: I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's a a very
1: kind of problematic representation of a woman of a particular race. Mm. And it might be because she is that race rather than, you know, the only Asian character in this film is a a woman who shoots ping pong balls out of her vagina for entertainment.
0: Okay. So, um,. And everyone who's seen the film although I think that there are women of every race who right. do that as a as a thing, right. so but it's
1: it was one of the things because I saw the film and I was taken aback by, wow, that's the same guy,
0: yeah, um that's right but uh and those... he's got his his regular voice in that one too, right. yeah, all, all of these guys too, but it's
1: just like but them and guy Pierce and guy Pierce, yeah, and Terrence Stamp. I forgot it was Terrence Stamp that was. He just one, does yeah. this very dignified and lift woman. It's like, wow, that's good. Terrence Stamp is so much better than I ever give him credit for being. <sighs> but um But yeah, no, he's he's very much in control in this film. He
0: is. You even said at the beginning, as right. he's chasing Trinity, he's running like Robert Patrick right. in Terminator, which he absolutely is. Yeah. Um, or Terminator too. Uh he runs as though he does not need air to do so. There's no, you know, there's none of that. Um, and he chases her up to a public uh, phone, like a pay phone. Mm-hmm. She gets inside and picks up the uh, receiver and a tra- and a truck smushes into the phone Wonder. booth and she has disappeared. And he, uh, another agent shows up and says she got away and he's like, so what? We'll get her eventually or whatever.
1: Here's one thing Ray, in which the world has changed. Yeah. Phone booths. Phone booths. Yeah. That and when you do see a cell phone in this movie, it is the size of the tricorder from Star Trek. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of flip huge. phones
0: or like, like, like the right. ones that where you push the thing and the and, and they like. You know what? In extend. 1999,
1: those were really cool. Those are fucking cool as shit. <laughs> right?
0: he gets a Nokia in the mail, and I'm like, noise. Um, <laughs> speaking of he, he I'm talking about is Thomas Anderson who we come upon at first sleeping at his desk at his home with with headphones on. I guess there's music playing. And uh, he is awoken by his computer telling him to wake up.
1: Which is just so funny, the computer itself.
0: And then it says, follow the white rabbit. And then somebody bangs on his door. And he gets up. And he makes a weird Johnny Mnemonic transaction where a, du- a white dude named Choi, figure. <laughs> um, is uh, has brought him two thousand dollars for something on a floppy drive. That's all we know. You all, it's a like a floppy disk, like a like a three and a half inch <laughs> disk. I don't know how to. It looks You're like so a far, save You button. are so
1: much more technologically advanced than I am. I mean, literally. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else of every other stripe, mm. she is currently sitting in front of a shelf with oh. <laughs> like Chinese healing waters, uh,
0: a candle. A wick candle, yeah. right,
1: and and a stuffed, stuffed caiman. Yeah. not to mention, somewhere behind her is an actual katana and a bunch of other. So this it's was like a Tiger
0: Ball back. Then. I am very
1: old school. Yes. so she will surpass me at any time
0: that we come to anything technological. But also, I'm trying to define for a, th- for a, a thing for people who don't use that anymore. Right. It's like if you 3D printed the save icon in Word. Uh uh-huh. Looks like that. <laughs> so uh he gives him that and he's told he is choice own personal jesus christ and I was like oh we're starting so early okay <laughs> and then um troy asks his lady if they should bring him with them to wherever they're going uh there's a really good line where neo is like Yes, he's Thomas Anderson at this point. No, he's he's, he's Neo, Neo to them. Right. He's Neo to them. Neo is his hacker name. You know, like Serial Killer. Or which is a different kind of hacker. What hacking. was it in hackers? <laughs> what was the main uh Matthew Lillard's character was called Serial Killer Was S E R I A L. I can't remember the other two. I can't remember Jolie's or or uh Johnny Lee Miller's. But um he, he He's known as Neo to them and to anybody, I guess, online who, uh, with whom he interacts. So he says, Have you, do you ever feel like uh, you can't tell if you've woken up from a dream? <laughs> and, and Joy's like, yeah, it's called mescaline. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and uh, they invite him to go with them to this club. He does not want to go. But then he does see there's a white rabbit tattooed on the back of this girl's shoulder. And so he does go with them. Because he was given the message to follow the, follow white, rabbit. the white Rabbit. And at the club, Trinity approaches him and whispers in his ear, uh, basically like, Morpheus is going to contact you. Everything that you think is true is true or whatever. And then, you know, pay attention. Keep your head on the swivel. And then she bounces. <laughs> and uh, the next day, At his very boring office job. First of all, he wakes up to an alarm going off at 9.18 in the morning. What Mm. the fuck? I want his job. Uh, First of all, who sets an alarm for 9.18? You have to be at work when? Probably 9. So have you just been hitting snooze for three hours? What is happening right now? So he gets up. He's all mad at 9.18. And then he shows up at work. And they're like, you need to decide. Whether or not you want to be part of this company. At which point I'm like, get the fuck out. This is toxic corporate culture. Get out. Uh, then he gets a package delivered to his cubicle. So convenient. Um, when I worked in a cubicle, they opened my packages. <laughs> I didn't just get them. Well, you uh, worked the law firm, right? I so, did, yes. So they're just like <laughs> It wasn't thing. really for me. Well, what's in here? <laughs> Is it ricin? Um, Did you get ricin today? Never got ricin. I'm not important. Nobody's sending me ricin. Uh, And he he, uh, gets a good, like I said, Nokia phone. It rings. He answers. He says, you know who I am. And Neo says, oh, Morpheus. And he says he sounds um, like a guy named Morpheus. Come with Sam, me if you basically. wanna live, basically, but I'm not there. But just follow the sound of my voice. And mm-hmm. then I'm pretty sure what is happening here is he is simsing him through like playing Frogger with his digital avatar. <laughs> That's gotta be what's happening. He's like, they're after you, he says who? He says, stand up and look. Stands up and looks, and says, oh no, that's Hugo weaving, and a fuck ton of cops. Like there are a lot of dudes right. looking for him, and he's like, "Oh God, okay, what do I do?" He is guided outside, told to go climb the scaffolding to the s- roof, and he tries to do that but fails to do that and is escorted which out. Which is in interesting. Cups.
1: <laughs> Again, this is a reference to a film that we'll be seeing later on, which is Vertigo. Um. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss's beginning scene where she's jumping from rooftop yeah. to rooftop is actually the opening scene in Vertigo. Oh, interesting. And I was thinking of that because re- it was featured in The Devil in Ohio, the miniseries. It's like that oh, yeah. becomes a central point uh, in it. It's like th- this fear of heights. So that also plays into Neo's character. And it's like almost like a tribute to Hitchcock that we keep learning about his issue with heights, um, which is a really common one. So it's a good... Could go to
0: and for me, fear of heights is not one of those like like um, it's that's a good phobia because here's the thing. Neo's twenty mm-hmm. stories up, right? You should probably be afraid of falling because it will fucking kill you. It's right. not like oh, no, it's, it you know, it's not right. like irrational. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable one, to be afraid of that.
1: Ophidophobia? Is that what it's called? What? Um fear of bouncing? The fear of snakes. And I, I remember watching Indiana Jones, the films, right? And just going, um... He's afraid of snakes? Like well, <laughs> That seemed to be an easy one out. Yep, ophidophobia. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Just so that you would know. Hackers...
0: Oh, yes. Zero Cool. Yes. Crash uh,
1: Override. Crash Override. Both Johnny Lee Miller. That's right. Acid Burn is Angelina Jolie. Acid
0: Burn is Angelina. Serial
1: Killer is Matthew Lennon. Yeah, I knew that one. (laughs) Lord Nikon is Lawrence Mason. Uh huh. The Phantom Freak
0: is uh, Renoli Santiago.
1: Okay. And Fisher
0: Stevens is The Plague. The Plague, that's right. I'm like, Fisher Stevens had a bullshit one, though. I can't, yeah. But so he was zero cool when he was a kid, right. and he's crash override as an adult because it's the mature version, I guess. Well, I think <laughs> that film begins
1: with him being restricted from any computer yes, use. Yes, so as he, a child. Right. Yes,
0: yes, because he's like broken into the CIA or something. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Hackers is great, you guys. It's it's you it, really can see why Angelina Jolie became Angelina 100%. Jolie. yeah, because she just eats the screen alive when she's on it. And I remember at the time
0: going, Who the hell is that? That's yeah, no, she's um, she's going spectacular places. in that. Yeah, all right. So he is escorted out by the agents and the police. Because and put, he's not going to fall off. Well, of- because yeah, he he's like, I'm gonna, I will die, so I'm gonna not. And he is told it's a to crapshoot either way, <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, so he is taken downtown. I don't know. I presume to downtown. New York, I guess, is where he lives? It's unclear. It's shot all in Australia. I'm, this one is? Yes. So I'm not Large sure... Large sections of the second one were shot right, right next right, to close us. Close to us. Right outside.
1: Fact, we drive over it. And the fourth one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We drive over it every what every weekend, I think.
0: Basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. It's right there. That, yeah, we're driving
1: on the freeway using that film. Yeah, yeah
0: that's right. Um, and they start interrogating him and basically saying, you know, as Thomas Anderson, you're an upstanding citizen and you help you take your landlady's garbage out and this, that and the other, and as Neo, you're basically guilty of every computer crime there is. And so he's trying to, like, sort of wear him down and break him down, and they end up bugging him. Literally. So it starts with um he's talking back to them i think he flips him off and tells them to, tell to tell some to call his attorney mm-hmm. um at which point this is when they do the thing well what if you can't talk and like seal his mouth closed, closed. which and was just
1: recently referenced in Doctor Strange and was. the Multiverse of Madness which is very It was. It was.
0: And it's still a good right. It's still a good bit of cinema because they are definitely using a prosthetic to close it. Right and then the CGI to pull it like for when it pulls open a little but when it's closed it's closed man and then they um they put a bug like a like a weird creepy bug in him and then he wakes up and he thinks it was all a dream uh and then he he gets another phone call and he's like go outside or whatever and he gets in a car and it's trinity and oh uh, what's her name uh, switch or what is it is that her name the 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 blonde-haired woman mm-hmm. um Let's see. sorry switch but, yeah Yeah. so switch holds a gun on him and he's like what the fuck is this and uh then she pulls out this very cool-looking contraption pins him down <clears throat> And then el- electrocutes the bug and sucks it out of him and then drops it out on the street. And he's like, holy fuck, that was real? And it's like, yeah. Ew. That is such a creepy device. It's very effective. Ugh, very creepy. Uh, and then they're going to meet Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne. And he wears glasses that don't have um legs. Like, they don't have arms, rather. And he says... Do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? The blue pill means you get to have the same life that's shitty that you have now. And the red pill means you get to have a different life that's also shitty. (laughs) Which one would you like? And he takes the red pill. And then we see him in the real world. So up until now, We've been watching... His, we have only ride. seen people in the Matrix. Okay. And now we see the real world. We kind of get a zoom out. And he is naked and hairless. Connected by every vertebra, several hoses through his skin, and a big like, plug into the back of his head and into mm-hmm. his brain. And suspended in a pink goo in a weird pod. Which we later discover has horrible origins of that pink goo is. Among, yes. Among um, what appears to be millions of other Zzzz. humans in the same position. Uh, a big, like, hover chip comes and, like, he wakes up. Right. And it alerts a machine
1: that then goes and tries to...
0: Well, it, unpl- it that's what unplugs him. The machine comes and unplugs him. I'm not sure who's controlling that.
1: Okay. That
0: that was part of the confusion to me. Okay, because
1: so, I was in the impression that he unplugged himself, but
0: no, he he pulls out the
1: mouthpiece? mouthpiece. Okay, so he's And like he's a, up. He's on a CPAP machine. Yes, and he, he, really he takes it out of machine. his face.
0: Right. And he sits up and he's gasping and he's looking around, but he's still connecting connected to everything. Okay. And then this machine comes up and it's big. It l- looks like the size of like half a Volkswagen bug, like it's a good size. And it grabs him around the neck and it looks like it's going to kill him, but it pulls the bleed out of his brain. Okay. At which point, all the other things start unhooking. Like, and this is they're like, gets flushed on the toilet. And then he gets flushed, yes. I don't know how he I, ends up feet first, but he does. And he gets flushed all the way down. he's very grateful if this is the case. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would not want to go down this situation head first for sure. But I thought it drained from where his head would have been. So I don't know how he got his feet but anyway, he goes feet first. It's good. It's, it's the best for everyone. And he lands in a big thing of water, and then a big ship comes. The hovercraft. The
1: other hovercraft. The other craft. Which the, is the Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar,
0: a biblical name. Yes. And he is scooped. And they carry him in. He's naked and wet.
1: In Goopy, he's covered with goop.
0: And they.
1: Not like the goop you pay a lot of money for, Um, the actual goop, pre-goop goop. goop.
0: And then he is starting to recuperate. We see him unconscious for a little while. They're saying there's a lot of work left to do. There are needles in all of his... Yes, he plays a poop, um, cushion at one point. Yes, in needles in all of his muscles. He wakes up and he's like, what's going on? And he's like, your muscles have atrophied, so we're repairing them. And he says, why do my eyes hurt? And this, I think, is like, and Morpheus says, because you've never used them before. And that is like, oof. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> that really hits, like, puts things in a real sort of grounded place. So he's starting to get better. He's starting to get better. Um, he's starting to get a little fuzz. He gets his eyebrows because he looks ridiculous, everybody looks ridiculous people look weird without eyebrows, not ridiculous but it's a weird thing where you're like what's happening, what's wrong Um, and then the situation is explained to him you Neo think that it is 1999 actually it's closer to 2199 how much closer, unclear we actually have no fucking idea when it is uh In the early twenty first century, a war broke out between humanity and the a i that humanity created uh Humanity thought that blacking out the sun well because the machine ran on solar power would win the yes, but you know what else runs on the sun? literally everything we yes, require to I live. Know. I'm just saying it's yes, humans would absolutely do really that, and yes, it is absolutely fucking stupid um, it didn't work. Because they decided, all right, well, fine, we won't use the sun for energy. We'll use people. Soylent green is people. That pink goop, also people, y'all. It's gross. We're not born anymore. We are grown. We are plucked. (laughs) We are put in these pods, and we are used to power the AI and whatever their version of civilization is. Which is unclear. That's that is something that the other movies get into a little bit in mm-hmm. a, in a way that I appreciate because I'm like, well, what do they need power for? Like, what are they doing? Right, I, I think like they're, they're not fixing the planet. Right. That's not a thing that they're doing. So, what is it that they are? What are what are their goals?
1: This is, I think, in some ways, there's a through line starting with. Probably, and I'm sure in written science fiction it goes back before this, but when you're watching a film, uh-huh. they, the Earth stood still. Sure. So yes. I, we have made these robots to make sure that at the first sign of aggression, the aggressive party gets blasted into some of right. right, right, right. The, I think when um, they're doing the Terminator films, yeah, they're taking that to an extreme going, okay, but what if it just blasts everyone regardless, and the only way to create any kind of peace is to...
0: And I, I don't... Right. It, the same thing with Skynet. Yeah. I don't know what Skynet's actual purpose is. Yeah. You want to exterminate humans because they are a problem. Well, it's, I think the thinking in both cases, these later films, is a little
1: simplistic because it's like both Skynet and this um, are trying to preserve it. They've um, become conscious. Right. So they're holding on to their life by making sure that they're never killed. It, that
0: seems way too simplistic. That to me. does seem way too that simplistic. That seems way way, way too simplistic. I'm sure that the later me.
1: films in this series will
0: explore Maybe, that more. Maybe, yeah, because I really that is there's got to be if we're going to call it artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. there has to be something beyond base survival. Well, because, because you don't need right. intelligence for that to be your no goldfish fight to survive. Right, They're goldfish because right, just so. that, and that's because they are yeah. A life form. So if we're calling this a life form, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're calling it intelligence, which is what we are saying, there's got to be some drive or reason. Right. um, Other than just straight up destruction. Like, even civilizations that are straight up destructive are doing so... To so that their own things flourish, be, mm-hmm. so that they can meet these goals, or you know, see a better world, whatever that looks like. What does that better world look like for these this AI? Right. We don't know. He, we do
1: hear from Agent Smith later on in the film when he's speaking to. And he just
0: doesn't want to be in the matrix anymore. It's gross in here, and it smells like people. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. Is that the whole purpose was to keep people from being miserable and hurt? And there's a message that comes after that. Which is sort of disturbing, because his whole notion is well, but all of the justification for the existence of your species comes from suffering, and from terror and from fear, and it's. I understand it's weird to hear that voice, but I understand what he's trying to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a couple of uh, in a couple of places. So, we start with. It's not 1999. It's far in the future. It is. There is one place where humans still exist. Mm -hmm. uh, That's Zion. It's another biblical people city. Tank, one of our here, I'm going to say heroes. Mm -hmm. One of our heroes. He's the best. We love Tank. Um, Was born there, so he doesn't have a port in his head. So he serves as their operator because he can't. I presume he can't plug in. I don't know if they've put a port in a different way. But I presume that he cannot get into the Matrix, which is why when he says fashion your seatbelts and things like this, I'm like, why are you making references to an experience that you could have never had? Mm. Why are you making, f- f- you know, flight announcements of from the 90s? I mean, it, because I don't believe that any of them have gotten on a flight in the Matrix. That's not a thing that these guys are doing. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just watches flights. For fun? I don't... I don't know. We'll get to it. So, so all the people... And I I think this is is covered with one line, which is, the body can't survive without the mind. Mm Because I'm like, why wouldn't they just breed us with only our lizard brain? Right. And then they wouldn't have to do this matrix thing. If we weren't cerebrally capable, but the body can't exist without the mind, so maybe the human body needs whatever's going on in the frontal cortex of the brain to grow and flourish Mm. and provide the energy i don't know but that was my first thought i'm like it seems like you could cut out caloric needs and all kinds of things by just taking off the big part of lobotomize us basically um and you could i'm sure breed us that way like you're growing us anyways, you can just, and then you don't have to do any of this matrix nonsense, but that's neither here nor there because that uh doesn't get brought up in this so so that was just my first, time. I was like, well, why would they anyway so to keep the population at peace or to 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 keep the the human population going, they ha plug them all into the matrix wherein they live in nineteen ninety nine I wonder if it resets every once in a while. That's another thing that I don't know. So, Amorpheus refers to it as the peak of human civilization, and I'm like, oof, that's probably right <laughs> because this it is, is all downhill. From it is team before team social media, and social media has been extraordinarily positive and really catastrophically ne- negative. Yeah, it is. It is a push pull, but it is most definitely more negative than positive because people are maybe more negative than positive taken as a as an aggregate but I don't know that's a different conversation so and we hear like as w- when Morpheus is taken later we'll hear some stuff about why it's 1999 and, and why that is the case and he, he's telling all of this to Neo inside of a training program where they look like their former selves. Neo, Keanu Reeves, his hair in this movie, y'all, it's fucking perfect. It is perfect anime boyfriend hair. It is thick. It is short. It is tussled perfectly. So good. Then he's bald a lot of the movie too. But inside the Matrix... Keanu's hair is fucking second to none. It's so good. Uh, that's one of
1: the I think more entertaining things about the film is that when they have to project an image of themselves, the image of themselves is so much more. I mean, their real life characters are they're sort of worn down and they're well, yeah, exhausted looking. Yeah. they
0: are dressed in rags. They're all a lot of that too. Is right. the pallor right? Like the yeah. lighting situation is not great the, on a ship. The. Uh,
1: the Matrix versions of themselves are beautifully dressed and
0: (laughs) really well... Leather-clad. right? Vinyl-clad. Trinity wears a lot of vinyl in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's very funny. That's one of the... Probably the bits to me that works the best. Because it's a very fashion-conscious kind of film, too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it started... Fashion lines. Mm. There are lines built off of this thing. Still. You want to wear a long black trench coat all day, every day. It didn't start with this, but it didn't end with this either. Neo kind of loses his shit and is like, nope, fuck you, I don't believe it. But he's calmed down eventually. Let's talk about some of the other people here. Because we're going to lose some of them pretty pretty soon. Mm -hmm. We've got Cypher played by the inimitable Joey Pantoliano. And he is fucking great in this movie and should have been nominated for an award. Um, We have uh, Marcus Chong as Tank. Mm -hmm. We have Julian Aranha as APOC. We have Belinda McClory as Switch. We have Matt Doran as Mouse. And we have Anthony Ray Parker who's a big motherfucker. (laughs) I'm like, he's so big to be on this thing. As Dozer. Who I kept thinking was called Gozer, but I'm pretty sure that's a Fraggle Rock thing. No. <laughs> so, or is it a, or is it a Ghostbusters thing? Shit, it might be both. Um, it's Dozer as in bull. So they are all, you know, Cipher's been out for nine years. We know I don't know how long Trinity's been out. Uh, Tank was born out. Tank and his brother, uh, I believe his brother's ap- Apoc. They were born mm-hmm. in Zion. So, oh, as you say, Neo and, and Morpheus and Trinity, all of these people are immaculate conception, kind of, which is, they are, they are, right. they are not of woman born. This <laughs> is a, it's a more specific, right. uh, reference. They are not of woman born, uh, and not just because cesarean, but... is. we see but...
1: that, actually. There's a brief scene, and it mercifully doesn't go on too long, where you mm-hmm. actually see a fetus being flooded with... Because how do they feed these? What is this pink fluid that they're in? It's the babies it's people who don't work, <laughs> apparently. Mm-hmm. The ones who... And I think the ones that age out. Right, the ones that age out. <laughs> and so, it's yeah, like... so. Because if green, you die
0: in the Matrix also, you die in real life. Right, which is kind of problematic as the film goes on well yeah um so this is when he gets to do all the fun stuff he comes out and mouse is like I mean I'm supposed to give you like rules and regulations and bullshit but I don't want to go through the HR handbook you want to learn fucking jujitsu and he's like yeah (laughs) so he learns some jujitsu Of course, he wakes up at one point, and uh, what does he know? He knows Kung Fu. Yeah, the fuck he does. And so he wakes up to Morpheus. He says, I know Kung Fu. And Morpheus is like, show me. And so they go into a simulation together, and they fucking fight. And it's really funny because, like, uh, Mouse goes... (laughs) He, like, runs to where everybody's eating dinner or whatever. He's like, Morpheus and Neo are fighting. <laughs> and they, like, all run out. And they just watch the green rain. I don't understand how they're seeing anything in this. But they are. However it works. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, one of those stereograms where if you look at it, at a sailboat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's I okay. And I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they have to, like, get their eyes real soft. To be able to see the images. Um, And they're fighting. And Neo is fast. But Morpheus is always faster. And we start talking about. How you have to not. You have to divorce. Your understanding. Up till now. From your understanding going forward. As in. This thing looks like a thing. Feels like a thing. Smells like a thing. Is nothing, yeah. is nothing is no thing is
1: is what we find out basically during, a hologram during the kung fu fight and there's a lot of kung fu in it, it What's very funny is that watching it now and knowing that Ken Reeves was injured and apparently yeah. everyone was injured making this film because they had a very short schedule to do yeah. a lot of kung fu yeah Tigo Weaving apparently really damaged his hip oh no Kieran Moss even uh, Chad Stileski, who is doubling for Ken Reeves in the fight in the subway wind up getting two broken ribs. Wow. Because they just you know, there's a um and that's like very common to people who when you talk to people, not just in the martial arts film industry, in martial arts. It's mm-hmm. like I'll sit with my friend Alan and we'll just start talking about, yeah,
0: Tommy broke my arm doing this, right? So but um i mean of... you're learning to do things that will break people right. so in doing that there is a chance you could get broken right
1: because <laughs> you can always go the wrong way mm-hmm. um but one of the things that's covered there is neo keeps trying to get over on um, morpheus yes he can't seem to do it and then at one point he's literally punched through a uh, beam that's obviously not a support beam for this right. Yeah, right.
0: virtual this dojo. dojo that they're and doing. what
1: he's telling him is over and over again, there are rules to this, but we can bend them.
0: Yeah. And in some cases
1: totally break them. Right. Yeah. And obviously the agents are able to do this because they take bullets
0: like a right. champ and they run through walls and they do all sorts of things that Or they just don't. You know, they just don't they get out of the way because right. they know that this isn't real this is just code right. coming at them.
1: And so when Morpheus actually knocks uh, Neo into this column, Neo's sitting there panting and he's like, Well, why are you panting? Do you think you're breathing air right now? Yeah. And that seems to be when a light switch yeah. goes on above his head. Like, and
0: he Yeah, th- yeah. the increment I will say, like mm-hmm. By the last scene, of course, Neo has this shit figured out. Right. He has to. And he legitimately comes back from the dead also, which is a yeah, that's the thing that you have. Uh, <laughs> problem with. But um he learns the things incrementally and I think they're breadcrumbed really beautifully. They're done they pretty well. Build yeah. on top of what we already did. Mm-hmm. Like if you still remember the foundational thing I taught you about you're not breathing, right. then we can talk next about there is no spoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we, we we just build the... And I, th- I think that it builds... Because that was something particularly that I was watching for while we were watching it for this, was... So he starts from, I absolutely don't fucking believe what you're telling me, mm-hmm. to being able to go back into a world that looks like he's now woken up from a nightmare. Right. And still remember that he's... It's not real. Like, he's still... he's, And he it feels almost... I was like, is he a Mary Sue? I mean, he's a man, so you can't really say that about him. But there's there's another term for it. But I don't think so. I think it is incremental enough. Like, he does get his ass kicked. And then, as he beats Morpheus at the end of the fight, he Mm -hmm. ends up almost hitting him three times, just basically to prove that he can. At which point, Morpheus goes... Load up the jump program. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, nobody's made it the first jump. Nobody's made it the first jump. And uh, what if he does? And I'm like, well, why don't you just wait and find out, everybody? <laughs> He's literally going to do it right now. Uh, Morpheus says, uh, uh, I believe I can fly. And then he jumps <laughs> and he leaps basically across what would have been like Fifth Avenue or something Good. and lands on the roof opposite. And Neo's like, okay, I got this. That's when he gets his woe, first Mm. of all, which is beautiful. And then he does take a run and a jump, and then he does fall face first into the pavement and then is bounced back up and then lands. And they're like, well, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Nobody makes their first jump. So he still, he has not learned at such a pace as to be, like, unbelievable. Now, Mm -hmm. the other thing is, as a hacker, right, I guess the there's a thread here back to his sort of secret life in the Matrix right. was trying to figure out what the Matrix was, which means either there are breadcrumbs put in hacker spaces in the Matrix to help find people, because Morpheus is... A also a hacker alias. Trinity is a hack. These are all hackers, right? These are all people who were, who found this information and searched this stuff out via dark web type situations, via chat rooms and things like this on the internet. Now, this is the danger of equating so many things in this movie to with QAnon and the Red Pill really? and the that whole thing. Um, and I would like to see a group of a different type of people that they pull in from a different way. Cause I'm like, y'all are going in the only the one way that seems crazy. Cause the idea is, and, and Morpheus apologizes after Neo has his freak out. Um, because after a certain age, they don't pull people out. And Neo was past that age because they don't fucking handle it well. Right. Um, and so he apologizes, but he says, but I kind of had to because you're like the prophesied one that's going to end everything. And he's like, cool, 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 what? <laughs> like, um, I, I believe that you were, or I, I, so I pulled you out because I had to, basically, mm. is what he says. And then in here we also get, we see Cypher, Joey Pants, having dinner with <gasps> Agent Smith. Oh, knows. And what is he eating? A steak. Not the weird uh, protein gruel that they eat on board the Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, but a steak. And he is like, I've been here and here out out nine years. And I know that the steak is not real. But I know that when I put it in my mouth, the Matrix is going to tell me that it is juicy and tender and delicious. I don't give a fuck if it's not real. So he basically is saying whatever you uh, put me back in the matrix and give me no memory and I'll give you whatever you want. And Agent Smith is like, the mainframe code's desire. To which uh, Cypher is like, I don't have them. I don't know how to tell you more clearly that I don't know what the fuck they are. But I can give you the person who does have them. Morpheus. And so he basically is signing Morpheus, He's basically selling the entire ship out Mm -hmm. so that he can eat steak again. I would like to say that Cypher... I want to know if that character is so stupid as to believe that he was going to actually get what he wanted or if he just didn't care and if it meant he was going to die, that was fine with him. He just didn't want to live in the real world anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. That would be an interesting thing for a future, or a future, for one of these films yeah. to cover. Because um, the
0: idea that he would legitimately believe that this, the Avatar, that what this thing was an Avatar for, which is this AI intelligence that is actively trying to wipe out humanity, mm-hmm. free humanity, It it's good with, you know, um, you know gelled up humanity inside of its bubbles mm-hmm. but not like the actual people would hold him of high enough value that they would wipe his memory and put him back in the matrix and make him somebody important like an actor he's joey Pansiliano, 100 percent um or does he ju- is he just so miserable that he doesn't even care? He can look forward to a thing, hope that's where he ends up. He's not going to have any memory. Mm. So the reality is, he's going to die. It's like Severance, right? He's going to die. Mm. This version of him is going to die. He's going to have no remembrance. So... Why not just kill yourself? <laughs> like, why sell out of humanity well, at the I same time? He's like, really very
1: angry at Morpheus. So yeah, is, I guess that is true. He he makes a point of saying that several times. So he's really he yeah. wants to get some sort of revenge. And I On don't the know the entirety that...
0: of the human race, though. Like that seems yeah. very petty. I mean, he is a white man, so there's that. Uh, So they're all going to go on a field trip now, you you guys. So we're going to go into the Matrix. We're taking Neo to see the Oracle. We go... We see Cypher drop a fucking... Like... Something into a trash can to indicate where they are. Uh, They go up... Into this apartment. And... There are other... I believe like she refers to them as hopefuls or mm. prospects. I yeah. can't, I can't remember. And there are these little kids that are like juggling ball, or like blocks with their minds. There's one kid who his spoon imitated so many it times. Has been, yeah. It's like, oh, this um, is it and from. then he's like, he hands him one, and he says uh, something along the lines of, "Don't try and bend the spoon. That would be impossible. Just realize." Something, 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 and then you're the one that has to bend. And he says, what do you mean? And he's like, there is no spoon. I'm like, oh, right, there is no spoon. So you're the one who has to bend. And he does get it to go, whoop, but then it's his turn. He gets called into the kitchen where Gloria Foster plays the Oracle. She does not reprise her role in the final film.
1: Okay, so the boy says, I do not try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth?
0: That's right. There is no spoon. There is
1: no spoon, there is no spoon? Then you'll see that it's not the spoon that bends,
0: it's only yourself. Yeah. Which is a Zen koan. Yeah, it is. Basically. It is. Yeah. Yes. The, the, and a lot of this feels like it's taken yes, from and
1: a lot of it, and Zen
0: and Buddhism and Christianity. Right. I mean, like very, very basic, mm-hmm. building block Christianity rather than... It's, it's what I
1: found about this movie when I was watching it with you again yesterday. Yeah. is just that there were times when it was so portentous. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so no one just... People don't generally just talk to each other they seem to talk at each other. Yes. And it's particularly Lawrence Fishburne's character is just written with these amounts of exposition yes. that sort of sits
0: and... Well, because a lot of... Right. You need... A, that's necessary. Because there's a lot of what right. in this movie.
1: And so sometimes what he says is really interesting and sometimes it's like, um,
0: it's just listening to... Hey, that to... didn't make any sense, though. Right. <laughs> what you said just didn't make any sense. But sitting in a movie theater that I can't... I can't keep picking that apart. We've moved on to a really badass action scene. Right. So, um, so the, uh, Gloria Foster was able to reprise her this role in the Matrix Reloaded, but she did pass away. Um, this role was played by, uh, another actress later, I believe not in the third one, but in the fourth one. And, um, she is cooking, she's baking cookies. She says, Hey, don't worry about the vase. He says, what? And then he does knock a vase down onto the ground. To what my first thought every time I watch it is, I oh, if she hadn't said anything. And then her next right, thing is, that she says is, What's well, really going to scramble your eggs later is, Would you have done it? Would you have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Which means, Are you an oracle or are you a push? Right. Right. Those are different things knowing what's going to happen and causing something to happen. Those are different things. Um, well, and you she, know
1: what's happening because you're causing it to happen. There you go. That's and the only way to be sure.
0: She basically is like, yeah, sorry, you're cute, but uh, you ain't it. And also Morpheus is going to try and give his life for you, and it's one of you or the other, so you're going to have to decide who's going to die, and we need him. Wink, wait, 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 wait And then they bounce. They leave the oracle. They get back to the room or to the building where they have their out. Right. Which, to get... This is another piece of the technology that I don't fucking understand. You gotta have your head, your ear to a landline phone, a specific landline phone to get out of the Matrix. And I still don't quite understand what that's about. Like, they can't just yank... The connection but if you're in there and you know what's happening I don't know why they can't mm-hmm. just yank the connection I understand why they couldn't just do it to Joe Schmo in the bubble over there right. but Neo understands what's going on and was trying really hard to get to a fucking phone and mm-hmm. some shit happened I feel like you could probably just and he'd like take a minute but could get back to us right. but they never I don't, not in this movie at least they don't talk about it but they're going up the stairs, and he sees a black cat, and it stops, and it shakes itself. And then he turns, and he looks back, and he sees another black cat, and it stops, and it shakes itself exactly the same way. And he goes, whoa, deja vu, and they, everybody stops. And I'm like, why didn't y'all tell him this before? <laughs> so he would know that there was, like, a, a thing he should have been looking out for. Because when deja vu happens to me, I don't automatically say that shit out loud. Right. I mean Keanu is probably every time he has deja vu says it out loud. Well, he certainly but. does now. <laughs> but I don't it's not a requirement, so right. it's not like a necessary thing, and then they would never have known. So but, he, uh, that's that was also a line reading I really liked because
1: they all surround him like deja vu, oh no. And he's like,
0: yeah, he's that, like that happens the, all the time. Yeah. It's like, no, that only happens when they reset. Yeah, he something. says that it, should they say, was it Should they they say, what happened? He said, there was a black cat, and I looked over, and there was another one that looked just like it. And they said, did it look just like it, or was it the same cat? And he says, I don't know, maybe. Motherfucker. Those cats did the exact same move. Like, it wasn't like just a cat walking, even. Mm. It stopped, sort of scrunched its shoulders up, and did a weird shake, and then did it again. (laughs) I'm like, no, that was the same. You just saw the same piece of footage twice. I know, because... I saw the same piece of footage twice. You know it was the same cat. Anyways, they're like, oh, fuck. And they go and they look and they are like, oh, all of these windows have turned into brick. We are wrap rapid. And they have changed the structure of the building, which is what that deja vu signified. Right. That they They have, like, reset something. And so they get on... Um, uh, let me think I believe Mouse realizes at first he's up in the room waiting for them and he um, because he hears somebody coming and he goes to the window and that's when he sees that it's bricked over he picks up the phone I believe and he says tank they've changed something Then he says, you need to, or I think maybe Trinity does say it, says, you need to find the blueprints to this building. And I'm like, I feel like he had the blueprints to this building already when you set this plan up. And now they are useless because they changed the building, (laughs) but, um, they, there are agents in the building waiting for them. They do kill mouse. Um, the uh, the rest of our group, who is Morpheus, Cypher, Switch. Um, I don't think Apoc is in there. Oh, Apoc is there. And Trinity and Neo. So there's six of them. Get into the walls and start sort of shimmying down the walls. Um, and at one point, Cypher sneezes. And the first time he sneezes, it looks not deliberate. Because I'm like, is he trying to draw attention to them to them in the wall? Which I don't think he would have been mm. because if they put a bullet through him, that's it, that's all, right? Um but it they um they start firing at the wall because they're like, they're in the walls. And to save Neo Morpheus pushes himself out onto the agents and then the rest of them like drop down they sort of scatter cypher calls first and gets home and then the rest of them are looking for another app, or a way to call for help to get to a a like a connection point cuz there are I guess there are communic- you can communicate and then you can teleport and I don't know what the different levels are but they are communicating back with Tank and Tank's like, you gotta go here, you gotta go do this. Oh, Cypher um, just called and he's here and Trinity's like, Cypher's already like, where the fuck is he? Like, yeah. that's weird. Um, and then I believe she hears when Cypher comes out to tank with a fucking gun in real in our real in real world and uh goes ahead and shoots him mm. uh i believe he doesn't shoot i think he actually shoots dozer first because dozer runs at him mm. and tank is still a little like what the fuck is happening right mm. now and dozer runs at him and dozer gets killed and then Tank is taken out. And then Cypher gets on the line to Trinity and goes over to her body, which is prone on a table, and yeah. gets real fucking gross and says he thought he loved her, but he's a fucking incel and a loser. <laughs> so we don't have to go into We're it. Too good to go and then he um he's like, uh He pulls Apoc's cord
1: uh-huh.
0: and Apoc goes down. And Switch is like, no, 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 not yeah, like that this.
1: that was the part I really, I felt for her character. Yeah. Because this is when we actually see them as human beings. Yeah. And she does not want to
0: die like that. She's not like okay that.
1: okay with going out in battle.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. Mm. He pulls, that's what he does. He pulls Apoch's, um mm. tether into his brain and it kills him. Right. In in both places. Um it doesn't just wake him up in one, like an avatar or whatever, when the mm. you know, the the body and the and the mind are in different locales. And but he does pull switches and she crumples. And that's tough because she's like like fucking shoot me or something. Like I don't that's not yeah. I don't this is there's nothing they can do. Yeah. There's nothing they can do. They are they are in a computer simu- simulation and their brain or and their bodies are unavailable to them it'd be like astral projecting and mm. watching somebody put something for your heart at like well you're like floating out over there and can't do shit about it um and then uh you know cypher goes over to where neo is prone and he's like, well, if he's the one, then I won't be able to pull this fucking cord. And he looks, and he goes, what the fuck? And Tank has fucking, his, his arm is roasted. Mm. And he has crawled up and he has pulled up the weapon that Cypher had used. And he fucking takes Cypher out and keeps him from pulling the plug. And at that point, like... Trinity and Neo are just looking at each other, the Matrix, like, waiting for the other one to drop dead in front of them. Woof. And Tank gets back on the line and is like, um, I killed him. It's uh, real bad over here. <laughs> Dozer's dead. You know about the other two. Get to this place. And and Morpheus has been taken. That's when, they, you know, Tank, they, right. they kind of figure out that Morpheus has been taken. And, um... Oh, because he's getting beat up yeah. at various points and your body goes through whatever your mind is being put through. So your body will be bleeding and and battered on an unmatrix world when your mind's getting its yeah. ass kicked in the Matrix. Um, and does a mind have an ass is where my brain stopped with <laughs> that depends, one. It depends, <laughs> I think. And, and, the uh, and then Neo and, Mor- and uh, Trinity come back through. Um we should talk real quick. In the real world, we don't spend a lot of time in the real world mm-hmm. and learning about what's going on in the real world. The Never is a hovercraft that kind of goes through the large sewer systems of old cities. Right. Um, it can't be up on the surface. Um, it sort of hides down here, and there are the sentinels, which look like... Um, Squid, yeah, they, like they have it sort of well, they techie squids, right? Or they octopuses? Have tentacles,
1: and they have like a skull head. Mm-hmm. It's, it's
0: and they are made right. to search and destroy humans, but specifically, um, they you know can tear open your ship. Mm. They've used an EMP on ones earlier in the movie, uh, electromagnetic pulse. Which every time they describe what it is to Neo in the in the movie, I'm like. He would fucking know what an EMP was. In 1999, maybe not. Now, absolutely, nobody would have to say what an electromagnetic pulse is. We've all seen all the Fast and the Furious movies. Come on. That's one of the other things I said when he was describing the training um, area. When when, uh, Neo is um, with Morpheus, right at the very beginning, he's like, this is our training area. You look the way you look because that's what your brain is, you know... Comfortable with or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, in 1999, if Morpheus is talking to a man who is a hacker and thereby a nerd, all he would have to say is, think of it as the holodeck. (laughs) Because that's what the fuck it is. (laughs) Um, And they don't do that. And then here, um, as they're talking about... Oh no, I I won't go into that party. Anyways, so we have Neo and we have Trinity and we have an unconscious Morpheus and we have Tank, and that's basically who we have at this point. And they're gonna unplug Morpheus. The plant Tank and Trinity have come to the realization that he's being tortured. And there's literally only a matter of time. It is like a, 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 trying to hack into a computer. Eventually, the tactics that they use will be strong enough where he will tell them anything that they want him to. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long that is, they don't know. But And, you know, Morpheus is tough, but eventually it won't matter. He will be broken down. And the thing that Morpheus knows, again, is these ion mainframe codes... Which would allow the machines to basically shut down the only human city and left in the world, thereby basically wiping out the humans entirely. And they can't allow that, right? Because while Cipher, for a piece of steak, will go ahead and. Uh, sell out the entirety of humanity uh they for the love of their teacher and friend will not (laughs) so they're gonna pull it out and this is when neo is like oh so the oracle told me it was going to be between him and me and i would have to make the decision so i'm making the decision that i'm gonna go fucking get him I'm gonna die. I don't think he says. He no, does. He, he knows says. That he, he says right. it's him or me. And so he and he says I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. And I have to go get him. And it's really gonna be Trying me. to drug him and say, but you are. Oh, you are the one because she's got the third piece of the puzzle, right. other than neo self knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, Morpheus's belief uh-huh. that. And, and the Oracle telling him he would find the one. Trinity is, we find out in, like, another ten minutes. She's to fall in love with the one. That is her, sort of, how she'll know. Right. She's in love with this dude. It's the anime hair. It's not, that, because he doesn't good. actually have any. <laughs> she loved him despite the <laughs> despite lack of anime hair. the lack anime of hair. anime hair, yes. that's right. And um, he's like, uh, well, I'm going to go um you we have a little bit of time i'm just gonna go in i'm gonna fucking try and get him back and trinity comes and she goes i'm going too and he's like no you're not and she's like first of all it's cute that you think you could tell me what i can and can't do (laughs) second of all you can't do it on your own right you're one form (laughs) like right so i'm gonna fucking go he I he's more important to me than he is to you. I've known him for years. You've known him for days. That's literally true. Yeah. Um and then and Tank's like, all right, well, what do you need? And he's like, We're gonna need guns. Lots, <laughs> uh, lots, lots of guns. Lots of guns. And so Tank does give them a lot of fucking guns. And they do get strapped up. And during this conversation, she's like, You really think this will work? And he goes, I do. And she's like, Nobody's ever tried it before. And he's like, that's why it will work. And he's absolutely right. Because the only way to to beat something like an artificial intelligence is to do something unexpected Completely that hasn't done, been done before. It's the same. It's the everything, everywhere, all at once of it. You have to... Like, I feel like I have a, a better chance than a chess master of beating chess AI, because I do some shit that nobody would do in their right mind. Right. I'm a Chaos Goblin out here. Rook, moving it all the time. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, and the computer would be like, this is not... This makes no sense. <laughs> so I don't know what to do against it. So, uh, they They put on all the guns. They go into this very tall high-rise building in New York City. Uh... He puts a big bag full of guns on the metal detector, and then he walks through strapped with a fuck ton of weapons underneath his coat, and he does set that detector off. And uh, they're like, uh, Can you take off any pieces of metal that you have, sir? And he fucking opens his, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> his jacket, and he is strapped with weapons. And they're like, The fuck? And it takes them so long to respond, and then he does. Kill all of them. And once again, don't forget, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. So he is, in fact, killing real humans. They're in pods. Now they're going to be turned into mulch for other baby humans. Yay! Well,
1: if, if, uh, <laughs> it succeeds, I guess.
0: I guess. So. Then there's a lot of fighting, and then we do have interspersed with Neo and Trinity kicking ass Mm. Morpheus and Agent Smith up in the fucking penthouse of this building or whatever and this is when we were talking about um, kind of getting some of the AI's reasons Mm -hmm. so one of the things they talk about is why it's 1999 and why it's the world that we know, you and I, the podcasters right now, because they tried to make a paradise and humans kept rejecting it and fighting it. Um, And so they have to inject suffering because otherwise humans won't believe that the world is real. And I, I have rebuttals to that. (laughs) We don't have to go into it. Oh, and then he goes, I think it's because, Uh, you know, all of my thoughts really started when I tried to classify humanity, right, he says. Right. And uh, humans aren't mammals because every mammal on this planet has found an equilibrium and balance with its surroundings, with its um, environment. But humans don't do that. Humans settle in a place, destroy it, and then move to a new place. And the only other thing on Earth that does that is a virus. And y'all... He ain't fucking wrong. <laughs> Colonizers.
1: <laughs> well, that's kind of the meant, because, you know, I, I remember, and I had this discussion, I think... With
0: Indigenous you. populations... Right.
1: Indigenous populations in are, many parts of the world yes. had the habit of
0: going on cycles right. but, and trying to... Yes, yes but, but colonizing populations. And colonizing populations is completely... And we all now mm-hmm. basically live under colonizer ideals. Capitalism is a colonizer ideal. And because this world right now is 99.9% capitalist, I'm talking about very few indigenous cultures left that are untouched by that particular... It might not be, but it might... It's maybe 98%. That particular poison. Uh, And that, that poison in particular is viral. The poison of capitalism and what it pushes what decisions it forces i'll say that um and you know and then he talks about how he hates to be in the matrix because he can it just stinks of like he can smell the desperation on the humans and we're gross now I had several thoughts to this, and I was like, I get it. But also, (laughs) you programmed the matrix, Mm -hmm. and that includes the form that you're in. Why do you have olfactory (laughs) nerves (laughs) if the scent is what's bothering you? Might I offer (laughs) that you don't have to have olfactory senses at all or taste? None of this has to work. You're not in here eating steak. So, like, right.
1: why? <laughs> Oddly, I think it reminded me of um one of my favorite bits from... Oh God, I can't remember which Star Trek it was. The oh, one yeah. with uh, Scott Bakula.
0: Oh, yes. Was he Discovery? I think he's Discovery. No, no, no. He
1: wasn't Discovery. That was Janeway.
0: Um, oh, was it? Enterprise. No, was it? I'm looking.
1: Mm. But... um. There is a conversation between two Vulcans. And um, Yeah, Enterprise. As they're in an elevator, one of them says to the other one, when they're out of earshot of human beings, how do you put up with the odor? Uh, and then you finally get, oh, that's the reason why they always kind of hold themselves there
0: just Interesting. Our I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like our hormonal excretions... Right. It, depending on what your senses are, right. would be... Overwhelming to something terrible. else. I don't yeah. think to a machine necessarily, but I remember seeing that That's going, the thing. And, that's and once again, that's why I'm so pretty sure scared. since <laughs> you can be anywhere or mm-hmm. do anything, you could make that olfactory sense right. go right away. So who wants to be tortured now? <laughs> like, you're doing this here. So He busts through, he busts through, he busts through... Neo is coming up. Trinity and Neo working together. Very well. Very well. He does the bullet time mm-hmm. on the roof. Uh we see somebody, you know, one of the cops going, you know, we're surrounded, and they're <laughs> which is hilarious because there's two of them. Uh and they're, you know, they're overwhelming us. And uh they are taking out all of the police, but the agents uh end up going, showing up. And He decides, or well, he and he starts fighting the agents not because he has to at that point, or you know, because he has to at that point. Mm -hmm. And he shoots, he fires at one of them a bunch of times, and we see him sort of split off like in all of these different, like almost like he's voguing Mm -hmm. to get out of the way of it. That's what it looks like, right? But, but, but like real quick in succession. Um, like so fast that he's blurry, right? Mm-hmm. and then that agent fires at neo, and he we see him basically do what looks like a limbo like he right. just does a deep back bend and he he misses all of the bullets except one tears across his shoulder um and as he's doing that, Trinity goes up and shoots the agent in the head like if she gets up so close to him that he can't dodge right. out of the way, she literally was like, dodge this. And then she blows him away. And then she's like, how did you do that? You move like that. So we didn't see him moving the way that we saw the agent moving. Right. But apparently that is what it looked like to her. Like whatever it actually, because we see it. It's slow motion. We mm-hmm. see the bullets going by him. Right. Um. So at, full speed it's a blur i would assume that she is seeing um and he's like uh i don't know it's just starting to get clear and then they go down and they bust out morpheus um so using a helicopter they, yeah he she's like right. he's like do you know how to fly that thing there's a helicopter over there and she's like not yet and then she's like tank this helicopter, I need the piloting program. And then she does a weird thing with her eyes, and then she's like, let's go. And I'm like, all right. And then uh, Neo at some point straps himself into this helicopter. That's important. And uh, they go down to the level where Morpheus is, and uh, Neo proceeds to fire a machine gun 5,000 times into this room and kill everyone but Morpheus.
1: <laughs> well, that's one of the benefits of being the one. Really good
0: aim. Just such good aim. And I don't know if he was just going in a big circle around Morpheus because right. he, he kills everyone else. Morpheus yeah. is still there. I was surprised that at that point the agents didn't just take Morpheus out. You would think, but no. But they don't. And Morpheus, then maybe they're like, because... you need to wake up. Or, like, you know, you need to get up. And then mm-hmm. he, like, breaks the chains that are holding him. And then he, like, stands up. And then he's, he runs and he runs and he runs. And then, oh, no. But then the agent shows up and does shoot him in the leg. And Neo's like, he's not going to make it. And then he runs out of the window. And Neo runs out of the helicopter and catches him in midair, and then she got to fly him down to a place where she can drop him. And they drop uh, Morpheus down, and he's okay. He breaks the bricks (laughs) as he lands. And then she goes to um, put Morpheus in a... or put Neo in a place where he could just land, and he's still just hanging from Mm -hmm. the bottom. Now there's... the agent is firing at them and does hit the The gas gas tank. tank. Or fuel tank, whatever it is. Uh, The fuel is blood red it is the most blood we've seen in this whole movie which is insane given the amount of bullets that have been fired in this film um so i don't know is uh a helicopter fuel red i didn't know that and she's like um i'm gonna put him down and then i'm gonna crash into the ocean or you know into a building and die and she doesn't say that but um he like she puts him down And then she starts to go down, and she he's like Trinity, and he's still attached to the thing, and he should take the carabiner and pff, mm. unattach himself, but he doesn't. So he gets dragged to the end of the thing, and then he just holds it like Captain America. I'm not dropping this fucking helicopter, and she like swings up out of the seat, runs around the back, grabs the other half of what of the cord that is attached undoes the carabiner on that end and then whips into the building just so hard. Cracks all the glass. It's rough. The helicopter hits the building across the street, pushing her further into the glass. It's a mess. She would be covered in cuts. She looks great afterwards. That's fine. Um, And then he drags her up and then they are like we gotta get Morpheus, we gotta get the fuck out of here. So they' they're listening tanks like go here and they're like running and they're going and they're running and they get to a phone booth. <laughs> because of course they do. That's where all of the important shit happens in this movie in a phone booth. And whoop, and Morpheus is back home safe, unplugged, great. And then Trinity is gonna go, and Trinity keeps going, "Hey, but I love you, but I uh, can't tell you that I love you, so I'm just gonna be real weird and awkward. <laughs> We're going to look at you. you with great longing and there's desire. A whole, there's one more thing I need to tell you, so come on and back, hurry home, and I will tell you on the other side. Okay, bye! And then she, um... She picks up the phone, and, uh, Agent Smith has taken over the body of a homeless man in that subway station and does shoot that phone out of her hand. <laughs> it's rough. And... She gets out. Right, and then she does, she does get, get out. out. Okay. And then he shoots it out of his hand, and now Morpheus, or uh, now Neo is stuck with Adrian Smith and he's like, I'm gonna fight this motherfucker. I think I gotta figure it out. Uh and um he does <laughs> he almost does. He doesn't quite um he gives Smith a pretty good run for his money, but then he is killed, and then Trinity in the real world is like, no, but it's not. It can't be true because I love you. <laughs> and then her tears fall onto his face, and so then he revives. Now, mind
1: you, this is while <laughs> this is going on while the Sentinels meet. Yes, that's are the other thing. So over the Nebuchadnezzar.
0: The Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. has been traced in the real world right. and they are there and they are on them and they are cutting through yeah. the hull and um he's got an EMP. he doesn't want to push it because it will kill neo so mm. he's like he's gonna make it but i'm not fucking pushing this thing until i have to and right. so they had It was six minutes till they find us. Then they've got to cut through the hole. We've got a little bit of time. He's going to make it. He's going to get out of there. Uh, but, of course, he does go back and uh, punch and fight. And then he comes back to life. Neo does. Neo does. In the Matrix. Because this is apparently a rule you can break, I guess. I guess that's what it's telling us, right? Mm-hmm. At a certain level. At a certain level of enlightenment. <laughs> Death is a matrix rule you can break. Some you can bend, some you can break. This is a break. He's broken it. And uh, Smith is like, uh, the fuck? And does fire a lot of bullets at Neo, which he does just kind of hold well, up his hand. And Smith and the other two. And there's, yeah, there's three um, agents at this point.
1: And he actually kind of pulls
0: like a magneto on them, or he just yeah. stops the bullets. Yeah, he holds his hunting. hands up because what he had said. What he had asked Morpheus when Morpheus was describing Mm -hmm. the physicality of the Matrix and and what would happen as Neo came into his understanding, because I wouldn't even say it's his power. Mm -hmm. It's a level of understanding that I don't think is unachievable by other people. Um, Is he says, so you'll be able to, you you say I'll be, are you saying I'll be able to dodge bullets? And Morpheus is like, I'm saying that when you're ready, you won't need to. Yeah. And this is what it is. He just puts up his hand, and the bullets just kind of stop. Stop. And then he all... plucks one out right. of the of the air, and the rest fall to the ground. Um, at which point, Smith starts coming towards him, uh-huh. and Neo just fucking runs, <laughs> dives into Smith. This is the least successful effect in today's uh-huh. time. He makes them all wiggly, like kind of the way that they do when they go into a person. Uh-huh. And then he bursts out of them. <laughs> and there is a, like a glowing piece of face <laughs> that does come directly at the screen. And it it's that one it really moments work. moments <laughs> where I was
1: like, but Clive Barker could have made this work. Hmm. It would have been horrifying, but
0: he yeah, would have... I'd prefer not.
1: I'm just right. fine. It's like, uh, I can put up with the artificiality of this.
0: He's yeah. like, well, like, a more realistic version of that. I don't know that I can deal with. And then the other two, just nope the fuck out. Right. <laughs> right. Just, they're just like, mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, and then he is able to leave the Matrix. And as he's like coming up out of it, the sentinels come in through the top of the Nebuchadnezzar. Uh-huh. And Trinity... This is a weird thing that I'm not sure that is is clear. Mm. Trinity screams no and puts her body over his. Uh-huh. And then there is, like, all the sparks and the electricity. And we pull back and we see the outside of the Nebuchadnezzar just kind of lighting up. Right. And then... The Sentinels fall dead. And I don't know if we are to believe that he pulled the EMP because we just pulled the thing out of Keanu's head. Or if that bond and her, like, protection of him is what, like, Mm. was, was putting some of that Matrix power into the real world. I'm not sure which is true because Mm. we don't actually see him press the MP and it doesn't look like the MP has been pressed because the lights of the damn ship are still on so that's just the power of love baby (laughs) (sighs) Mm. I mean I don't know I don't know So because fundamentally that's what the rest of the series is about it's about the fact that it's he's not the one they are the one Mm. he's Neo she is is Trinity Trinity Um, and then we get one final scene, which is just a voiceover of Keanu going, he's speaking into his cell phone, knock it the fuck off. He's warning the computers. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I he's will come to, for you and your mama. <laughs>
1: right. He's going to expose them all. And then he, after both dying and resurrecting,
0: ascends into the heavens. Ascend, yeah, he <laughs> flies up into the sky in an, a very good ending right. image. It's super good. And then we get lots of
1: goofy sequels that we don't are, need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the first film was difficult enough for me in terms of, like I said, just being very obscurantist. It's, I'm going to say this in the most complicated and confusing way possible. It, it, although simple. I
0: will say that the mm-hmm. that is true the first time you watch it. I think on repeated watchings, mm-hmm. it's not actually that obfuscating. It's dense, right? Really? So, like I said, the first time you're watching it, you you go from wait, what? Oh, it doesn't matter because there's awesome fighting on the screen right now. I mm. don't even need to think about that. It gets sort of more simpler as you can kind of focus on the words more. Yeah, I think the sequels <laughs> took it to a yes, they took it to a different place, end
1: where we're just in the middle of conversations. And then as if to say, well, the audience is going to fall
0: asleep. Here's some more. T- Here's t- some t- more fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, and there are, you know, the architect right. comes in, there's a bunch of different, the, the, um, these characters with, again, very
1: kind of pretentious names yes. saying portentous things that are you know, filled with gloom yeah.
0: and whatever. And, um, yeah. I, and it, yeah. And so, you know, is it thrilling? Um,
1: For me, there are moments that are thrilling. I like the kung fu fight, obviously. And I like the... uh, Basically, what I realize is
0: what I like about this film is I like these people. Yeah, me too. Uh, Which is why I don't mind the sequels. I love Tank. I think Cypher is a dick, but I love Joey Pants Mm -hmm. in this performance. I think he's so good. Um, Yeah. Carrie-Anne Moss and Keanu are both... and and Lawrence Fishburne are all fucking great. And Hugo Weaving is great. Yes, and I think I like those characters. I like those
1: people, those actors. And when you think of all the ways it could have been gone wrong, yeah. and you read about the people who are also being cast, and I'm like, okay, could I see...
0: Will Smith was
1: supposed Will to Smith, do it. And he was just like, I. he couldn't... Apparently, one of the he excuses... Was like, he like, I don't understand I what this I have no is. idea what this yeah. movie is about. And Sean yeah. Connery... Who was offered the role of Morpheus? From what I understand, that's right. And he's then he like, ended up doing League Le, Le, uh, Le, Le of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and which he's like, he did I, at I don't. Another point, which is after he did The Hobbit, where he turned
0: down The oh, Hobbit. Oh, that's and right. Just going like, what are these movies? About? He's like, I don't even know what these movies right. are anymore. That's I think when he started, like when he decided he was gonna We're retire. Talking. He was like, I. I'm so divorced from what media is really. now that I can't be a part of making it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, but it's. I think part
1: of what works is the fact that these actors are in this part, and Keanu Reeves. This makes him. Um, and yeah, when you think of Will Smith and Leonardo DiCaprio who signed on for it, and Johnny Depp, and all these other people, I'm not sure that I can see them in this part. It was just kind of like, um, it's this is this casting is his his um disingenuousness maybe or the fact that he very honestly as an actor keanu reeves really sort of believes in what he's these parts he's playing
0: His his guile guilelessness right. he's, yeah he's really very good at that and i remember is.
1: reading how Kerwin matthews who did the, the two harry films he was the first that he got cast as Gulliver in one of the other Harryhausen films because it's like, you looked at something, you looked at a blank space and said, okay, I'm fighting a skeleton. All right, here gotcha. I go. And yeah. he really threw himself yeah. into it. And it's like, that kind of actor doesn't come by all the time. Yeah. So when Keanu Reeves, who also incidentally at some point was asked to play Sinbad, um, oh, that
0: would have been amazing. Yeah, he was asked to in bed for a film
1: before Harryhausen passed away. Oh, right. Which was going to be supervised by him and everything. And then the, the deal fell through, was, which is a felt, pity. Yeah, fell through, yeah. But uh, Reeves, apparently, like, he loved this stuff growing up. There's a very oh, yeah? funny story I told you about um, Chuck Norris meeting a kid who really loved going to, didn't practice martial arts himself, but wanted to do a kung fu movie. In. Right. Sat there and peppered him with questions. Like, yeah, that was Keanu Reeves. And yeah. He was saying, one day I want to make a kung fu movie in. And I can't like, <laughs>
0: imagine Keanu Reeves peppering anyone with questions. But apparently he was just this very excitable kid at the I time. I love that. And, and I, it was probably a one on That's the right, thing. It was a one-on-one conversation. I think that Keanu Reeves might uh, be one of the most introverted people yeah. in an extroverted position that there is. I think... De Niro has admitted that, but I. Maybe Keitel is another one. I I, I think Evan Peters really is. Yes, I've seen Evan Peters on TV. I think he is. Because when I remember when this movie came out, I have been, I think we all know, Uh deeply in love with Keanu Reeves for most of my life. (laughs) But when this movie came (laughs) out and I saw him do an interview and he said the word great. Six hundred ninety-two times. Right. everything was great. It was great. It was great. It was great. It's like, oh, you're not very smart, but that is unfair. Mm-hmm. And I tell this story a lot because don't judge people by that shit. He's clearly an extremely intelligent, extremely right. thoughtful, extremely well-read person. He is not a person who is good at and he's better now. Right. He was also a kid at this point. He's so young in this. I'm just like, look at that little baby face. Um, who just was not yeah. prepared. And frankly, I'm a little pissed off at his publicists didn't give him a coach. These people exist. There they know what you're going to be asked. They can tell you what to say. That was less of
1: an issue. And even <sighs> now, you re- you see other actors like um Rie Larson... Yeah. Who gets released into these things, and she doesn't, and she's almost like...
0: And I don't know if Keanu
1: Reeves uh, is neurodivergent, but it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't me if It wouldn't surprise he me, is. and it wouldn't surprise me if Brie Larson was. Same. There's a couple of other actors yeah. and actresses that, or actors, to use, you know, to use a more appropriate term, because there's no reason why we should, like, yeah.
0: make it seem Yeah, exactly they're also actors, as well as. it's fine. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> but... There are times when, as I mentioned to you, I saw her doing Between Two Friends with Zach Gal- Galifianakis, yeah. and she's hysterical. Yeah. And and, you know, and he's just throwing these things at her where it's like, do you think your parents loved you if they named you after a cheese? And
0: she is really <laughs> trying to keep her, th- her shit together. And then uh, have you ever had the cheese? <laughs> yes, they fucking love me.
1: But there's, uh, <laughs> there are actors who just don't know how to do this. Yes. And I remember watching Harvey Keitel being interviewed. And here's a very intelligent person who is making not even eye contact with his interviewer. He's looking at the, the floor. He's looking at the shoes. He's, But he's just saying these really intelligent, very well-founded right. things.
0: And Keanu couldn't even get right. there. And Evan Peters, like he's like the most boring Right. Well, single-sent-syllable sin- responses, a, and I'm just like, oh, he's just so deeply uncomfortable right there now. There is
1: a really interesting interview with Barbara Walters, who I don't care for, because I think she pushes people a little too hard. Um, and Warren Beatty. And this uh-huh. was years and years and years after, I probably after Bugsy or something. Uh-huh. And she just confronted him and said, you know, you gave me the absolute worst interview of my life before, back when you were doing... Um,
0: Hey, bitch, you years probably were bad at earlier. interviewing,
1: too. And what he told her was like, well, at that time when I just did Bonnie and Clyde, all of a sudden people were paying attention to me. Yeah. And I had been doing, I had been the Acting
0: teen, is a yeah, skill
1: set. He'd been the team heartthrob for years at that point.
0: It does not go hand in hand. Never with... taken very seriously. Yeah.
1: And so suddenly, oh, wait, he's really very good. What else are you going to do? And so suddenly he's bombarded by all these people and he doesn't know how to answer. And he goes, I'm not really good with people. Yeah. I mean, regardless of... Yes,
0: acting is one set of skills. It does not go hand in hand with being interviewed, doing publicity. In fact, very often, as we're talking about right now, Mm -hmm. it is opposed to those things. So yeah and it's yeah to, to think about other people doing this and now they... i just presume if i see a terrible interview with right. an actor i'm like oh that actor's not stupid well yeah that actor is not good at this thing when, and shouldn't frankly have to do it when
1: you watch like a, a the marvel press junkets there are people who just click really well together yeah tom holland and anthony Mackey, for instance yeah just give each other a hard time, no matter what. Yeah. But they obviously really like each other, or else they wouldn't keep doing this. Right. But there are some people you can see just have mastered the art of yeah. giving these interviews, and then some people who have no idea. I have no idea,
0: and don't want to, and or yeah. don't care to, or it gives them so much anxiety to right. think about it that they don't prepare. And I'd almost like,
1: say, like the more serious, like Don Cheadle gets helped along a lot in these interviews because he's he's he'll when he's there with. R. D. J. or Chris Evans, he'll be more outgoing, but yeah. during group interviews, he'll be really quiet and yeah. he'll hang back. And I think it's it's also almost like you can judge the opposite, the complexity of a person, and that's unfair to say. It's, 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 not, not, it's not. not. Yeah, it's not.
0: It's it's but just. It's yeah. It's they com- don't go part and parcel, and it is kind of like being hired to be an actor and mm. also be a publicist. Well, really? no. I'm I'm one of those things and I'm not saying that they're more intelligent <laughs> I'm
1: saying that they're more there's a lot of thought going on there that they're not necessarily sharing with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it also feels like when like this happens a lot and mm-hmm. I guess people are just now starting to talk about it you get a promotion at your job right. into totally other different responsibilities and either you hate it or you're terrible at mm-hmm. it and you figure oh well you're just not Good for upward mobility. Well, no, I'm good at the job I was doing. That's why you wanted to give me a promotion. This is a totally different fucking mm. job. Not everybody is good at everything. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. So, yeah, stop making these. People. Like, if you see this happening, he said great that many times. Help him or don't make him do this. I just, yeah. So, yeah, so did you find it thrilling? Oh, hell yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's very thrilling. And I also think it's, I still think it is thought-provoking. Mm. I'm not 100% we don't actually live in some sort of simulation. <laughs> oh, I was hoping
1: you wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm like. am like people who are genuinely convinced of this, and it's some of whom I know,
0: and I'm like, okay. I am not genuinely convinced of right. this i am however i would be unsurprised to find it out how about that mm, okay where i'm in a, i'm schrodinger's matrix like i uh, it, we might very well and like i don't like the mandela effect things never really got to me until this last one this mm-hmm. last one with ed mcmahon i'm like yeah no somebody's fucking with some shit mm. <laughs> Because there's a Golden Girls episode that refers to this thing that we all fucking remember, and Wikipedia is trying to tell me no, it didn't exist, it didn't happen, it didn't exist, and mm. I'm like, I have actual proof though. <laughs> like what? Is... Um, so that that one that that Publishers Clearinghouse one made really made me go, oh god, that feels like a glitch. <laughs> that feels like a glitch, um, and also just you know, and a lot of it, I think. Is our brains just trying to process infinitely more information per day mm. than human brains have ever had to process? yes before. that's
1: absolutely true we
0: We don't know how to do this um, you would know your village's woes, you would know what happened in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Or your town, maybe, maybe a city. You wouldn't know every bad thing that happened everywhere in the world with somebody who had a cell phone today, tomorrow, and every day for the foreseeable future. It's 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 a lot, and 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 all the good things too. But it's the bad that really. I remember when
1: I first got to the. um, first began exploring the internet. And you remember this, because mm-hmm. this is around the same time that we all moved in, me, you, and, and Kimberly are the roommate, our first roommate. And I remember talking to my mom, and she's convinced that the internet's a bad thing.
0: Mm-hmm. It I can her,
1: be. you know what I can do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's like, what are you doing there? I was like, I'm in the Vatican Library, looking at manuscripts. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, that took her back, like, oh, no, no, this is what you also have
0: access to. You can know. Mm-hmm anything. Right. You can learn anything. You can also lie. Right. About and anything. You, and
1: nobody knows who you are. Th- this is ever since... The fear of getting punched in the face for saying
0: something has passed, away from, passed away from us. It's like Which casual. is why I am right. pro punching fascists in the face. I, I, you guys forgot. You right. guys forgot that if you threaten the lives of millions of people, mm-hmm. you're going to get hit in the fucking face.
1: There are consequences for your actions, and people haven't learned that. And it's like something that they, they don't have to do anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that's become an issue. Uh, with our culture now. That people just say things. I was watching Marjorie Taylor Greene do one of her bits of business today
0: and I'm going, you know, it's... Yes, she is of the right. Trump variety of just nothing coming out of your face is factually mm-hmm. accurate. My brain started breaking and leaning towards a matrix um, possibility in 2016 when we became fully a world where people could just believe whatever they wanted and that was the truth. Yeah, that's it. And that's I can't, a, yeah. I cannot, my brain can't even comprehend the fact that that's where we are. I understand what has happened. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how it could have right. happened, and I'm not good at not understanding things. No, and so. I,
1: I think that as I get older, the, I realize that at some point I'm going to be Sean Connery in that yeah. I will not
0: understand this world at all. And if I, it's, willing, it's 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 very likely money, that just nobody and, will be under, right. uh, understanding I, the world at, at all because we will have fractured ourselves into so many yes that's true realities yeah that we will have constructed I mean, for ourselves in
1: terms of like when I said it he looked at this script and mm-hmm. apparently he's like I what is I don't even know what mm-hmm. this is about and the fact that that was really common to the people in the film who are working on the film and everything you know. Uh, yeah, I'm at some point, I'm 53 now, I'm reaching this thing where I'm going, I I can't make sense of things, so I'm going to try to just kind of mm-hmm. focus on what I can handle and yeah. not deal with the rest of it. But um, I'm not sure why we got in that topic of the conversation. But anyhow, I'm glad you found the film
0: thrilling. The Matrix is thrilling. Yes. It's so good. I really like it. I might watch the second one later today. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But maybe. Yes. They're all on HBO, so. I could. Um, so next week, mm-hmm. we are going to be discussing The Dirty Dozen, which is available on Netflix, everybody. Okay. Uh, it's a war movie. It has everyone in it. Yes. This is what I know. I presume a, a dozen and one men in it. Oh, there's
1: there's like 15, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? <laughs> most of the cast of The Wild Bunch first met making this film. Okay, And it's like an intersection of the cast from The Wild Bunch with the cast of The Magnificent Seven, like
0: they clash somewhere in the middle. And it's a Suicide Squad situation, right? Okay, cool. I was like, did we watch this already? But it was a different one. I think it was... um... There's another one that we watched at some point that has a similar vibe to it.
1: There's, It's kind of... And I'm not sure which was the
0: first of these
1: kind of films. I think it might have been something like The Guns of Navarone. Who just like let's get a
0: a really big cast and put them yeah, on? Yeah, this... no. Specifically, I'm thinking right. of an older war movie. I think it was a war movie. Was it The Guns of Navarre? No, Maybe it was. No, it wasn't. It, but it was because it was it was prisoners specifically uh-huh. that were being sort of mm. rounded up and right. sent to do seen... a thing this one then? Uh, it was black and white. Okay. That was the thing. I was like, did I watch it? I, we haven't watched it for the show. Maybe I have seen it, but I don't right. think I have. I yeah. don't think I have.
1: But yeah, I think that The Guns of Never was the first example of well, maybe one of the first, somebody out there can correct me, of let's get these huge stars, Gregory Peck and Anthony Quinn and David Niven and all these other people, Stanley right. Baker, and let's just sort of put them in the middle of this film and essentially they're caper movies they're like heist films it's the, and we'll be watching a number of them yeah we'll be watching we watched guns of and we're yeah. gonna watch the dirty dozen we're yeah. going to watch um bridge over the river kwai oh that's right yes which are uh
0: was it bridge over the river
1: it, it wasn't bridge over yeah, the river kwai which is in color but i not, know
0: yes it is in color but but yeah. um
1: but you saw that one Ah, uh-huh. i remember that yes but uh yeah it's it, these films were really big back when i was at oh the great escape also is another what
0: one it's the Great Escape I'm right. thinking of.
1: It, but we'll be seeing that too, and that's another film that was, let's pack all the actors all we All the actors, yeah. yeah, <laughs> and yeah you're yeah. going, okay, so, guy who walks in through the door, blah, 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 we're going to get, you know, Donald Pleasance to play that guy. You know,
0: right. like? The Donald Pleasants type? Right. Yeah, let's just grab Donald Pleasance. Well, He's just walking by. What?
1: What's really funny is, on that film, Donald Pleasants actually began to just Ask the art director, Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do that? And the director said, Well, what do you mean? Well, I spent a year in a prisoner of war camp in, in Germany, so this isn't the way it
0: got run. <laughs> and he was able to help them out, which is even. Oh, funnier. that's. I hope he got extra money. Um, okay, so next yes. week, The Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen. Until then, do you have anything you'd like to recommend? You know, I have not seen anything. We've been running around and getting yeah, I've been out so around. often.
1: And And so I haven't had the chance to really see anything. Um, I would mention that I did finish watching *The Devil in Ohio. Thumbs up all the way through? Um, Oh, no. (laughs) I understand people's complaints about it. Oh, Oh, okay. And it has an issue at the very beginning that even Stephen King was saying, I really liked it, or I like it, and it's keeping me going, but why in the hell would a professional therapist get a troubled young woman and bring her into her own home?
0: Oh, yeah, that doesn't seem And they cover that smart. later
1: on in the film, but in, the, show, the, in the series. Yeah. But when you're watching it, the first three episodes, you're like, why is she doing what? Wait, what? And, you know, it causes all these issues with family and all. But other than that, it's pretty interesting. It, it, I'm wondering if they're going to do... I know that it's based on a book, and I believe there's more than one book in the series, so I'm curious to see what direction it goes in after this. Gotcha. But it's very much like um, Once Upon a Time... A group of producers got together and did The Wicker Man, and every film like like this, including to a large extent uh, Midsummer, borrows big parts of The Wicker Man right. it was like almost as if to say, this is what we do with this material, and they've gone with it. So yeah, who knows? Anyhow, did you see something?
0: Hold on, I don't think I have. Did you play a
1: board game? Did you read a book?
0: I did both of those things. Aha. Uh-huh. I've signed us up for Peacock. Okay. It actually works. Wow. So does that mean we have to watch the rest of Mr. Mercedes? It does not. Okay. (laughs) Um... I paid $20 for the year, so... Um... Um... But I couldn't remember if I watched something on there. No, there's a bunch of movies on there that I want to see. Um... The black phone, for instance.
1: Well, there's a couple. Of, I'm I'm really interested in trying to see if I can find anybody who's willing to watch. Don't worry, darling, with me. I have um a, I want to see it. I have a funny feeling that it's going to be what I've read is a sort of derivative of other things that I've watched over the years, but I think yeah. I, maybe I'm just I've I've lived the, too long. The, <laughs> the simple <laughs>
0: fact years. is, I think Florence Pugh is fucking phenomenal and mm-hmm. I will watch her in anything. Right. She and Anya Taylor-Joy right now, if they're in a thing, I'm going to fucking watch I'm it. I'm also really liking Mia Goff. Yeah, but I never know where she's going to be. Right, and so I don't know if I'm going to watch a Ty West movie so I can watch her. Oh, I definitely am not because <laughs> me and Ty West, we going to fight. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm glad that he's able I'm to make really all of these movies. To what he does, and right. I will see the Triple X movie probably at some point because it sounds like he started making things happen in his movies, which mm. would be so exciting because, right. frankly, that's why I don't like any the of his previous ones. Off. The Innkeepers, right? Yes.
1: Which um, Also
0: House of the Devil.
1: Four, and House of the Devil... I liked parts of it just because it was... I liked
0: both of them up right. until fucking nothing happened. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I know that I did kind of sign up for nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Uh-huh. But I didn't only sign up for nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, well, which was, is what I feel yes. like I fucking got.
1: To me, what really, what I liked about that film and when it began to lose me, although. Jocelyn Donahue is a good actress and she pulled off the fairy hair really yes. well. yep, yep, yep. But watching Greta Gerwig, who then goes on to become a director, playing the smart, sassy best friend yeah. who's really funny yeah. in this movie. And I can see how this poured over into Lady Bird and her other stuff. But yeah, that, that was the great pity of it. It's like, oh, when her character... And it's hopefully that's not too big a surprise because it's a horror movie. Yeah. When her character leave the film i'm just like okay that
0: was the fun for me was i just yeah i how she really pushed that kind of character when i hear people talk positively about his stuff it's Mm -hmm. like he can string you along so beautifully and i would agree with you Mm -hmm. if there was anything at the end of the string there needs to be a payoff, and there isn't and i don't think that there is in either house of the devil or the innkeepers, and fool me three times, I'm just a fucking idiot. So I just now don't even really yeah. want to... I think that... I don't with, really want to. With when the... One of the highlights of your movie
1: is Lena Dunham's cameo. Oh, okay. sorry, I don't... Fuck rude, but I don't like her. She's just a... <laughs> she's an odd one for me, and she's very hit or miss. So when she The new
0: thing that she just did actually yeah. looks fucking great, and okay. I do kind of want to see it, but... um she makes me itch and I okay. so she's just not my jam right, so. mostly because everyone and their mother thinks that she should absolutely 100% be my jam mm. it's almost the same way I feel about Wes Anderson no thank you I, I, I like Wes Anderson but I, think I respect what, what he does reasons. but I don't care for the stuff that he does I, I because like the, the twee does not the, appeal to me the stop motion animation is what I like that He's is, done two films yes, that way, and absolutely. that's really fun. I need to see "I Love Dogs." It's not it's, "I Love Dogs." It's no, i Love kind of Dogs," the, the but it's also "I Love Dogs." It's very funny. <laughs> I do want to see that one. Um, so, yeah. In summation, mm. no, I don't have anything that no, I want to see right. because I have not watched the movies on that app that I want to watch. So, um, you know, "The Ethical Slut." It's real good. You could wa- You could read that. I'm I'm reading that. I'm also reading the new Stephen King book. But I'm not done with that one yet, and so I don't feel good um, recommending it. The other one's like a learning book, so I can recommend it before finishing it. Why you have a look on your face, say what you want to say. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's it? That's- uh, next week, The Dirty Dozen. All will there be a dozen? Will yes, they be they- dirty? They will certainly be dirty. Awesome. Okay. Uh, until then, if you have questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook uh, by searching Latecomers, Pod Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Or you can find us on Twitter at Latecomers Pod. I want to remind you to please take your medicines. And we want to remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never.